How's about we write some more stories? How's about we tell some more tales? Gather round the fire, maybe read for just a while, and we'll listen to the stories unveiled. Oh, we'll see if we succeeded writing stories no one needed from suggestions that you shared. Hey there. Welcome to S'more Stories. My name is Colby, and as you learned from the beautiful intro music uh, sung and performed and written by my very talented brother, Evan McHugh, I'm not going to make you go through that again. I'm not going to explain what the podcast is about, but it is about storytelling more than anything. Uh, and of course, S'more Stories is the, the, the podcast where the stories are sweet, but you, you wish you had some s'mores, probably. I know I do. <laughs> I told you. I warned you about this, and I think in the first episode, that I'm going to try to do a bad intro every single time. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll land on a good one at some point. Either way, this episode, I'm very, very excited, not only to be joined by a close, close friend of mine, but also a first for the, the S'more Stories campfire. Um, my guest is Seth McKay, who is a dungeon master. To say the least. Welcome, Seth. Hello. Hello. And thank you. We will get into what that means. Gladly. How are you doing? I'm stoked. Honestly, I'm very excited to be here. I feel like uh, I want to put on this like layer of cheese to my voice because I'm in front of a microphone. Sure. Please um, do. I, I welcome it. <laughs> <laughs> we just spent like 45 minutes just like getting warmed up on the mic, right? Um, and so I want to be like, hello, I'm Seth. Uh, but we should but, we should also say more so than just a, a dungeon master as a storyteller, you are also somebody who is used to being around a mic and and you know speaking into a mic and performing because you are also a voice actor essentially a uh, prospective voice actor, <laughs> uh, very generous. Um, yeah, just kind of getting into it, dabbling. Well, I guess not just getting into it as you know it's been over a year. But yes, I do um, like being in front of a microphone, and uh, I think it's a lot of fun. And as somebody who has been your friend for many years at this point, yep, you are somebody who does just drop into voices <laughs> in normal conversation, All as I have witnessed many times. And unfortunately for your your wife Lizzie, joined in many times, yes. and she gets very annoyed many times as well. So so I I have experienced your um, your your voice skills. Um, not only in real life, but also in playing in many of your D and D games yeah. as well as a, as just a player um, who who has very much enjoyed your your DMing skills. So what what I always like to start off these episodes by talking about is kind of your introduction to storytelling, I guess, in general. Um, and and I know I know some of these things about you because we're friends, but I'm also excited to learn where these kind of originated from yep. as well because that's the fun part about this this podcast are these these conversations so so yeah where did where did this kind of love of of storytelling come from i don't know when i think back like in trying to answer that question the first thing that comes to mind is sort of just the <laughs> the dumb shit me and my brothers would do uh kind of growing up uh we would uh, make these really just goofy videos we uh, called random productions 
it was uh, very professional sounding. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, I don't know if you did. You ever witness any of these? Did we ever find? I think you guys have sort of, uh, forbid, forbade me from watching them. Yeah. Um, trust me, I've tried. I mean, they're fun for us to watch, but they're terrible. But you know, the the whole intro is random productions presents random productions. Uh, was kind of hard. And then we do dumb, just like almost like sketches, like a yeah. This is like pre YouTube as well. Yeah, I was literally just with like a, a little camcorder. I don't even know where we got it. Probably for Christmas one year. It was horrible quality, but you know something like uh, I would like to make a toast. Where is your toaster? It was just like these dumb jokes we would think of. This sound, these sound like uh, um, like vines before Vine. That is a great comparison because not many of them, they didn't have any sort of length or body to them. They were just jokes that we thought were funny, that we had some sort of visual sort of idea about, and we would just <laughs> film it, and it would just be terrible. It sounds like you guys were actually prophets in a very specific way <laughs> without I, realizing it yeah i guess unfortunately our timing was not great <laughs> you guys you guys could we were, be tiktok stars right now we could. We which could. Im, knowing your brothers would be hilarious all three of you being huge on tiktok right now i would actually love that that would be a lot of fun actually yeah i mean we still you know i say back in we we used to do this back in the day i mean not anyways not that we're like super old or anything i don't know is that is that, you can uh, say back offensive? in the day, no, what? <laughs> I literally on the very first episode with Evan, I talk about our gray hairs that we are that we currently hey, have. So I just got my first one in my beard. Hey, welcome to the club. Yeah, I've got a few. It two days ago. So yes, we are old. Let's admit it. We're both thirty. Yeah, thirty-one Oof. over here on this side of the old table. Old man over there. <laughs> but I, I think what I was saying, sorry, before that tangent, was, I mean, we still do this <laughs> to this day. You yeah. guys don't quite make it videos as much we don't, anymore. We don't do the video part of it, but, but we you do think act them out. <laughs> we we really just do it for ourselves. We realize, oh, we're never going to share these videos with anyone, so why are we recording them? <laughs> Let's just have fun. Which I think is like a, a beautiful thing. And knowing how weird you and your brothers are, yep. I love it. I think yeah. it's great. Like I think you yeah. guys could have definitely been, <laughs> weirdly enough, big internet stars at some point in your lives had the timing been a little bit different. Um, funny. But yeah, I think, I think that's about. an interesting way to, to kind of get into storytelling is just by doing your own thing, literally like just think, doing things that you think specifically are funny and then doing them, yep. which is hard for a lot of people to do me, me included. Like I would, it, it's taken me 30 years to get to a point of just doing something for me, you right. know? Yep. And so the fact that you guys were doing that at such a young age, uh, probably set you up in a really interesting way for doing that in the future. Yeah, I mean, kind of from there to here, almost like school projects I think of for elements of storytelling. Anytime I had a school project of any kind, I would do a video, uh, like a dumb math video. Two math projects I did. I did videos for. I did a like math video as well because video. I hated math. Yeah. <laughs> so I know I know how you feel. Right. Um, Wait, you did a stop motion video for math? That's yeah, so cool. I we see me and a, another kid from high school would like just on the weekends we would just do stop motion videos. Um, that's I don't. And I we never ended up doing a math project. I've never that. known that about you. That's that's really awesome. Can you name yeah. this person? It was Joey Kovalevich. Joey, I remember Joey. Joey yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he actually he's a listener for sure. Yeah, for sure, definitely. I think he's actually. 
weirdly enough, last I checked up on him on LinkedIn, of course, course, um, he was actually working for, I don't know how you say it, Lakia, Lakia, the stop motion, the, 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 Leica, Leica, the people behind, yeah, he was in California. (laughs) I was like, no way. What? (laughs) Why aren't you working for Leica? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Good for him, man. Wow. Joey. Pretty cool. I don't know if he's still doing that. Sure. That was a number of years ago. Um, but kind of, it was kind of like a weird sort of like, he definitely got away from that, but. I guess, you know, that that's led fascinating. To something. I mean, that's so cool. Like, and, and you were, you were an art kid as well. Like we should say that yeah. for sure. Like you were always really talented um, at drawing yeah. and, and painting. Shut up. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the compliment and you're, you're not going to fight me on it. Okay. This is my podcast. <laughs> my, you're not going to fight me on my podcast, Seth. Okay. You were, you are a very talented artist. Thanks. And, uh, but in high school specifically, you were like an art kid. You were always yeah. in all the art classes. I think you were in probably an AP art yep. as well. Um, yes. and so that was another way of like telling stories as well was through your art sure. on top of your videos and your math video projects, your stop motion projects. And then, um, I can, I can do your transition into D and D because we played it for the first time together, Yes, uh, which was what, like six or seven years ago at this point. It maybe? was, it was one of your birthdays. Six years ago. Cause it was on my 25th birthday. 25th birthday. Okay. It's easy for me to remember. It's hard for me to remember because I was because very drunk that night. Yes, <laughs> and I, yes, you were. And so uh, we had a great time. We, I, we should also say, like, we are both very much self-admitted nerds. We, we love various nerdy things, whether it's comic books, uh, fantasy, sci-fi, and so I think it was just a matter of time for us to to try D and D. For sure. And eventually, for your birthday, you were like, "I want to get all my friends together. We're going to go to a cabin up in the mountains." And play D&D for the first time. Yeah. So that was actually a, a surprise. Um, oh. Because uh, Lizzie, my wife, got me the starter, D&D starter set for Valentine's Day. My birthday's in March for all you folks out there. Who send send don't some stuff. Yeah. my day of birth. Wait, what specifically? March 5th. March 5th. Don't yeah. forget it. Don't forget it, everybody. Okay. Send okay. him something <laughs> to his apartment or to, to, to your house. What's your address? Uh, yeah. Social um, security card. Yeah. So, um, so essentially li- literally the month before she got me the starter set and I kind of like flipped through it. I was excited. It's honestly super shocked that, I mean, I had not played D and D well, growing up is not super surprising. We were also um, raised in, a, in an environment where that was considered satanic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we probably weren't weren't allowed to either way. Right. A uh, little surprise. I know we had talked about it kind of a few years leading up to actually playing, you know, expressing our interest or being like, hey, why don't we try this out? Stranger but Things had come out. Took a while. I think at that point. Or had did it? we play before Stranger Things? Ooh, great question. Because that was the thing that kind of brought it into the, like, the, the cultural... Right zeitgeist yeah well critical role definitely got me sucked into it before we ever played right oh that's right um and so lizzie got me the starter set and then she was surprising me for my birthday i had no idea we were going up to this cabin and she tells me later she texted my brother luke and said hey i'm surprising Seth." or i mean he knew this because he was going up to the cabin as well um but I thought we could play D and D for this surprise birthday. Does he need to know that <laughs> uh, going in? Which for anyone play who hasn't played D and D doesn't know what D and D is. D and D. Yeah, give it a good, give us a good is, rundown. Yeah, I feel like 
I probably should have done this earlier. It's but... okay. We, we, were, we were assuming a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Now's right. a good time. So uh, essentially is just co- co- the easiest way to describe it that I find is collaborative storytelling with a group of friends with a set of rules where one person kind of leads the story and everyone else sort of engages with that story. Um, and you roll dice and you have stats and character sheets that give you the rules, the guidance um, to, to, I guess, kind of uh, deliver the outcome of, of what you're trying to do. So essentially as a DM, the dungeon master, you're telling the story. So, right. So the day before we go, <laughs> I still hadn't read all the rules. Um, <laughs> so Lizzie texts Luke and he's, she's like, Hey, does he need to know? And Luke goes, yeah, I think he needs to know. So I'm like, she tells me and that entire, <laughs> I think I stay up to like three in the morning or something. <laughs> like reading, planning, I'm like making maps and like just finding little knickknacks that we can like set out on the table to to give a visual uh for like a board to play on. It was it was wild. It was an awesome time. We ended up having having a great time and and ever since then, you know, that's been my primary role uh is is DMing. Um obviously I've played in a few campaigns with you. I have DM'd Colby. a couple times. Yeah. Uh, Seth is <laughs> light years better <laughs> than me, and so I always love. I love playing in Seth's games, but I do like. I, I like dabbling in it. It's yeah. fun. It's a lot of fun, and the funny thing is when when you say that that I'm light years better is that on my side of the table it does not feel that way. Like a lot of it is improv or <laughs> scrambling. It that you to are react to your I, that's, players, that right? is a, such a good a good transition into like talking about what goes into being yeah. a dungeon master because not only is it uh, a lot of planning you like you mentioned it like there's so much just improv <laughs> for <laughs> like, sure just just moving with what happens yeah yeah it's two completely different worlds just like opposite sides of a coin where you put a lot of work into kind of figuring out story beats or kind of where you're headed where you hope you're headed um you know, ultimately the players kind of have the choice of what they do very broadly. So, um, you know, sometimes you can guide them in that direction, hopefully. Uh, or railroad them in, or, some, in some ways. Yes, yes. I've definitely um, been guilty of that. Um, but every DM has done every that. Every DM, especially starting out. Yes. Like, it, it sounds like a lot, right? I, I'm saying there's a lot of work to, to plan ahead and then the other side of the coin is the improv side of, okay, now I've got to figure out how to get from A to B and people are making different decisions and you're just trying to roll with what they're doing and, and make it make sense. And make, um, and make it to where they're not noticing either, yes. which is like, yeah. you have to make it seamless, seamless um, yeah. which is such an interesting part of that whole process too. It is. And I think for prospective DMs out there, if like who... You know, this might sound overwhelming. I mean, it definitely can be. <laughs> but the the n- nature of kind of diving into it the way we did, like one day before, right? I didn't know what I was doing. And now kind of just making it work. I, like the players don't know what you don't know or what you know. So it's kind of like it's it's easier than it than it seems um and kind of in you you saying like like uh you know you 
I, I understand the feeling of not feeling like, oh gosh, like there are much better DMs out there or much better storytellers. Um, it's, it's, it, it always ends up being easier than, than you kind of think going into it. Yes. And, and you, it's so funny because you do all this work ahead of time and you try to plan out, you know, what you think is going to happen. And then you kind of, when you start actually playing, you kind of have to throw that all out there, out, out into the trash because your players may or may not do what you planned on doing. And then you have to kind of roll with the punches and again, make it seamless, make it, you know, uh, a smooth transition into straight improv of being like, okay, I have to, I have, they did something I didn't expect and now I have to roll with it. And, and right. make sure that they're having a good time too, or just kill them <laughs> as well. Like <laughs> just, there's, yeah. there's lots of options you have as a dungeon master. And so I think it's a really interesting kind of way to flex the storytelling, like muscle in your brain For sure. without, without straight up just like writing a, a story because you're literally writing a world, you know, you're, you're writing experiences, you know, quests, missions, bad guys, you're, and then you're mostly probably improving all the dialogue yourself. Like, I don't imagine that you handwrite like your, your dialogue but yeah. you probably have just personality traits in mind for a lot of your characters and then you're able to kind of play in those specific situations with what they would most likely be saying right. um, which is so impressive to me and that's what's always been hard for me as a dm is b- being able to like switch that 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 literally like light switch in my brain of like my pre- preparation and then trying to just improv something and make it seem real yeah you do that really well and i always appreciate that that honestly, that is uh, a huge compliment because it's something that I, after each session, I just see the the moments that I feel like I got wrong, right? Where I'm like, oh, I should have said this, or I kind of like forced this too strongly, or you know, um, or in the moment I'm just panicking, right? <laughs> like, oh, what would they reply to that question? I didn't plan for this. Um, so I mean, that is a huge compliment. And the funny thing is when I was writing this story, this short story, I kind of saw the, the effects of being a DM, um, play out in my writing (laughs) because I kind of saw all these story elements, right? In, in, in DMing, I'm, I'm okay. Y'all are here. I'm trying to get you here. The bad guy's here. And this is sort of the end goal. So I can... I have a lot of practice kind of laying those out, finding those key points, and then just knowing at this point, you know, DMing for six years, just knowing, okay, I'm just going to have to figure it out how to get them from point A to point B to point C. And so writing this story, I got key elements. I was like, okay, this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. And where I struggled the most was writing... (laughs) The connection between, okay, but how do I get from here to here? Because this is the less interesting part. Like these, these are the, the core, I don't know why I'm blanking on the word for like transitions, um, transitioning between those story beats. Or I'm, I'm thinking of like a story layout, right? The the climax, the, those elements of a story, Mm -hmm. right? I have those in my, and then the transitions are what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Um, so it made total sense. It was kind of like a weird revelation where I was like, why am I struggling so much with connecting this? And I was like, oh, that very well could be why. Because your brain has been operating in this one specific way for, for six years. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you've written short stories in the past, but right. it's probably been a little while since Definitely. you've done that. And yeah. so it, it probably takes a second to be like, oh, this is a different 
storytelling medium than what I've been used to. For sure. Um, which is a great transition into let's let's get into the the reveal of uh, of what you chose for today uh, yes. for the topic. The, yes, the topic of the day. Do you want me to reveal it? Or I would love for you to reveal okay. it. Yeah. So, all right. So this topic, can I can I reveal who? Oh yeah, we want to okay. give a big shout out to, of course, everybody who submits every subject. So, so please, yeah. Okay. Um, so this topic comes to us via Brad Tilka, who uh, I've actually played D and D with under you, Colby. Big shout out to Brad. Big big shout out to Brad. Um, the topic is astral projection. Yeah, that's astral a good one. Projection. That's a good one. So before we get into the reading, I just want to get a quick quick read on why do you choose astral projection. Yeah, so... Um, what, you, what what made it jump out to you? Right. I know you've mentioned this in podcasts, in episodes past, um, but you kind of just send a list of topics, right? Um, and in it's like 30 different topics, and honestly, like five or six jumped out at me at the beginning, and I was like, ooh, maybe that, maybe that, ooh, maybe this. I'm not going to say any of them in case they pop up later on. They will pop up um, later on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so I kind of just wrote out, I, I think I landed on like three of these topics. I was like, okay, let me just see if something clicks with one of them. So I kind of just, you know, topic one, what would I do? Topic two, it, anything that was sort of a catching point. Um, so with astral projection, there was this sort of like punchline that popped in my head, um, that ended up getting scrapped cause it is. Terrible. It has nothing to do with this story. But oh, I, I want to hear of... what this punchline is after you read your story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I can reveal it before. It has no, 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 no. This is a this laughter. is a post. This is a post like read discussion <laughs> I mean, thing. All right. So, uh, just to be clear, this is very much a random production sort of joke punchline. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I love hearing it. I don't know how funny it actually is. Um, so I kind of clung onto this punchline, and I was like, ooh let me try to do that right yeah and then i spent i don't know i didn't spend too much time because mm -hmm. i knew it wasn't going to work but i spent a considerable amount of time just trying to figure out how to get to that punchline and i was like i don't think this is how <laughs> i should be going about this uh i don't know if this these two words <laughs> are what by <laughs> you're hinging your whole story on the story <laughs> Should be sort of the road I take. Um, so ended up going a totally different direction. Sure. Writing about half a story and then taking it in a third direction. Yes, as you do. I think I think that's a that's an important part of the process yeah. is finding that story that you're that you're more interested in and you want to actually finish. Yeah. Totally. I think I think you should probably read first since we're already kind of transitioning into that's yours. True. I was um, I was going in with that assumption. Yeah, I always like uh, to try to get let the guests choose, but you yeah. have basically chosen. I've, I've chosen already. <laughs> um, do you have a title? Do made. you have a title for yours, or are we just gonna kind of kind of go with astral projection? I do have a title. Okay. I don't know how well this title fits because I thought of it. This is actually um, one of the first things I thought of from the topic, um, and I liked the title, so I stuck with it. This is the astral sea is where I want to be. Awesome. Well, take it away, Seth. I'll grab a seat around this campfire and enjoy your story. People think the astral plane is where consciousness separates from the body, and out-of-body experiences can be initiated to observe the physical realm. And sure, they technically aren't wrong. 
But what most people don't realize is that they actually visit the astral plane every single night. Dramatic pause. In their dreams. The key word here being visit. The thing is, I figured out how to stay. Come on, bread. Catch up. We can't miss this. That's my sister. She calls me bread because I've always been obsessed with it. Like... I used to ask why no one handed out bread for Halloween, obsessed. All I wanted was a bag full of bread. In return, I gave her the nickname of Buttloaf, because I was a kid and it was the meanest thing I could think of. Now, it's just who we are to each other, bread and Buttloaf. Ridiculous. Anyways, the two of us now surf the astral sea, cruising the waves of people's wild dreams, looking for our next score. Hello, we gotta move! We don't really know how it works. We just know that we know how to do it, you know? The easiest method is finding that sweet spot between waking and dreaming, where you can feel your body in your bed, sheets a little too warm, but at the same time, you have some sort of agency over your dream, right? Like you're deciding what comes next. Then, you kind of just hop up, but from your head. It's hard to explain. Bread, quit dream dreaming, damn it. This was your idea. Okay, okay. Sorry, I'm focused. Promise. The funny part is, the thing that sparked it all, I shit you not, a bag full of bread. I'm having this dream where I'm in a random classroom, sitting in one of those desks where you have to come at it from the side because the chair has the desk part growing out of it, right? Anyways... My boss is holding this bag of bread over my head, telling me I better work harder if I want to eat. I'm starving in the dream, so I reach for the bread, and you know how dreams work. We're suddenly on top of this cliff. I'm still in the chair desk, and my boss is sneering at me. Tut, 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 he says, or something like it, with a wag of an abnormally large finger. It's at this point that I notice on the real and actual earth, my dog has just laid down on my foot, which leads me to realize how incredibly hungry I quite literally am. But it's too late. My boss is already rearing back with the bag of bread and lobbing it off the side of the cliff. In that moment, I fling myself off the cliff, chair desk no longer in the mix, willing my dream self to grab the bread my actual body so desperately wants to scarf. I catch the bread with ease because instead of plummeting to my dreamy doom, I'm just floating. I turn, and through the haze of my large-fingered boss and the cliffside below, I can see my sleeping body. But as I float higher and higher, I can also see in the incomprehensible mountains surrounding my cliff, all kinds of scenes playing out. Someone being shoved off a different cliff by a minotaur, climbers on a mountain peak with water park slides all the way down, a skier on bacon skis, another person trudging through a blizzard of popcorn, turns out food dreams are pretty popular, and beyond all of it, the swirling, vast space of what I now know to be the astral plane. With some further experimenting on how to get here and then subsequently coaching my sister, the rest is history. We've been sailing these seas for years now, navigating this ludicrous realm, avoiding your weirdest dreams, and commandeering your cool shit. 
Buttloaf and Bread, Dream Pirates. And I suppose if everything goes smooth tonight, Dream Pirates for hire. All right, I gotta focus. The plan was simple. One, start in the bread basket, our stash house, where all good heists start. Two, use our flippin' awesome radar teleportation shoes to track our target and then, naturally, teleport to their location. Three, get in, grab the goods, get out. Four, deliver the aforementioned goods. Five, get paid. Six, slow motion high five, cause we can actually do that on the astral plane. The thing is, we only made it through step two before the plan fizzled. It turns out the massive cat train we need to board doesn't care to be cut into by taser swords. Oh, and they are a lot faster than expected. We found the train cruising around the astral playground and jumped there with our farts to intercept. I kid you not, as the teleportation haze faded, we were staring down a spitting image of the cat bus from Totoro, only if the bus was a bullet train with about a thousand rail cars behind it. One of the countless wonders of the astral sea. We found the specific carriage we needed, cut in, got kicked, and got left behind quick. Now, my sister is yelling at me to, for the last fucking time, focus up and get to the caboose. I oblige. What waits for me is not at all what I pictured when I first pitched the idea to Buttloaf of Dream Pirates for Hire, a big, crusty cat butt. You first, she says, and she has that don't you fucking dare fuck with me right now face. So, I, again, oblige. After about as many sorries as there are rail cars on this thing, I hit the floor of a simple, modest bathroom. Soon after, Buttloaf slides in next to me. I never want to experience that sensation ever again. Eh, could have been worse, I reply. So, how many of these compartments are we going to have to go through to get to the goods? 724. But I'm hoping, now that we're on the train, we just use the farts to get there. Worth a shot, right? I nod in agreement. I click my heels together, and a futuristic hollow screen pops up in front of me. Using the handy search function, I key in Pudding Cup. Scroll through the various options, and look to Buttloaf. She has done the same, and with a simple nod to each other, we hit Enter in unison. The farts activate, and in a breath, the world around us changes. As clarity sets in, I realize once again maybe our plan was half-baked. It appears someone beat us to the target. Within this train car, a blurry group of about a dozen kids splash around in a pool-sized tub of pudding. Some are eating it, others throwing it like soft, sloppy snowballs. On the edge of this massive pudding cup, a young boy with crisp edges shouts, Belly flop! and jumps. You! I scream in frustration pulling a jelly grenade from my side belt and slinging it directly at the child. It burst just before impact, engulfing the kid in grape jelly as his dumb, wide-eyed face hits the pudding below. Uh, bread, was that entirely necessary? Butloaf says from behind me. We've all had perfectly nice dreams turn into nightmares. He'll live. Plus, he ruined our train heist, little shit. 
Butloaf clears her throat, and I turn, seeing her gesture towards the door to the next train car. Through the narrow window, I see a second pudding cup, the size of a large above-ground pool, with the lid still firmly in place. Nothing better than breaking the seal on a pudding cup. I've always wanted to just dive right in. Literally. Well, Mr. Lawrence, tonight is your lucky night. All right. That was The Astral Sea is Where I Want to Be. The Astral Sea is Where I Want to Be, yeah. By the DM, Seth McKay. Dungeon Master Seth McKay. Full title. Um, uh, that was awesome. Thank you. That was such a fun, dream-like, surreal world. And I would play in a D&D game of that world. <laughs> like, nice. that would be super fun. But so, so tell me about it. Tell me, tell me about your, your process uh, with, with this one. What was it like? Uh, when I originally chose the topic, you know, I was kind of wanted to play in the world of, of like the astral plane, you know, from D&D, D &D, there's a lot of like astral, uh, like we've, you jump into the astral plane or, you know, different spells involve the astral plane. I, I, that's kind of what grabbed me with the topic is kind of that connection to D&D, &D, and I figured I could sort of, you know, use that inspiration to, to come up with something. And so I sort of started writing some of my ideas, kind of writing, thinking about the pseudoscience of astral projection, and essentially kind of got a few things on the page. And literally, as kind of, um, I had already started this, and I was, um, you know, maybe like a few days prior I woke up one day with a dream about, like, I was a dream pirate. Like, I was just Sick. stealing shit from other people's dreams. That's so cool. And so I texted my brothers because uh, my younger brother, Jesse, has a lot of really very vivid, weird dreams. So, like, he'll text us about his dreams. So I texted uh, the two of them, and I was like, you know, I had this, this crazy dream. It was a pretty cool idea. And I was like, hang on a second. I'm literally writing a story about astral projection uh, and dreaming and, and sort of the connection. And I was like, oh, dream pirates. Okay. And you're me. using your own dream for that, which is great. You're Basically. literally pulling from your own brain. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was literally self-inspired. And also the concept of dream pirates is awesome. Like that's such a cool image. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, it's like Inception, but cooler. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought yeah. like I woke up from that dream excited not it's not specifically like how it related to this story because I hadn't really made that connection yet for whatever reason but I was like that was an awesome dream like that was a lot of fun um and just a really cool idea uh which is why I texted my brothers because I was like well you know that's just fun yeah I mean, that was repetitious what I just said but did they have the same dream? I Because you guys are all kind of in a hive mind together that you share. And, oh, and right. I would not be surprised if you guys just had identical dreams at the same time, at the same night. <laughs> yeah, we, we do regularly, at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish, actually. That would be kind of cool, you know, I guess, depending on the dream. But Did this? Did, did you do this all at once? like, did, Or did you split it up into a couple different phases? How did it come to you That's in that way? Actually, a, a, a great question because I was... Uh, it was not all at once. Um, I kind of stalled a bit with it. Not, I don't know if that's a fair word because I wasn't like sitting down. I was kind of just jumping and adding to it whenever I thought of stuff or, 
you know, if I was just kind of bored and at work. <laughs> oh, I get so much good writing done at work. Trust me, you're not alone. Um, <laughs> um, but I kind of was sort of, I guess, struggling with those connections, right, of the of the key points. I hadn't quite figured out the cat train weirdness yet. Um, there were there were elements that were missing, and um, I actually had just listened to your second or episode two, not counting the zero episode, mm-hmm. but with with Hudson Phillips and. He, like, literally while I was writing this, I listened to that, and he was talking about this study of of kind of, you know, the quality of, of working on multiple things at once. Um, so, I actually, what I did was I started writing short stories for the two previous topics oh, of the episodes you've sure. dropped. Jelly Toast. And of course, glory hole. Amazing. Maybe I shouldn't spoil those in case somebody listens to them out of. That's okay. Yeah, this yeah. is the in the next episode, so yeah, that's on fair them. Uh, so glory hole at the old folks' home. Oh my god, um, you have to send me them. I definitely will. I was literally, I was like, okay, I was sitting in a parking lot as as like Hudson was talking about this, and I was like, huh, I kind of want to try that. Um, I'm having a lot of fun writing this story, and. I honestly, I don't know. I didn't have the specific ideas for those topics yet, but I was like, sounds kind of fun. Um, so I literally just started writing the other two stories while I was writing this and I would just bounce between the three, you know, maybe that's a luxury probably. I know, I know you, you talk about, you know, the writing process and, and kind of, uh, getting into that storytelling and all that. So maybe that's a luxury that not everybody has where they can sort of bounce from short story to short story. But Honestly, it like just opened up all of these ideas as I was uh, getting uh, deep. Well, the first one's really short, but getting deep sort of in in the glory hole episode. <laughs> oh. I'm not. I'm not cutting that. That's staying in. That's a hundred percent staying. Oh, in. No. <laughs> no, continue as you're getting I, uh, deep into the glory hole, please. Uh, I said uh, episode, but uh, the uh, uh, yes working on the glory hole story i sort of it all just like as things were popping up i would bounce between them um and kind of focus on one for like one day if i was you know like laying around after work and just sort of you know resting my back of course, yeah. <laughs> seth seth does have a bad back unfortunately yeah. currently uh, currently yes hopefully not currently for long yes um but i would you know i'm, I'm laying around a lot right now so i would literally just open up Google Docs and just sort of bounce between them. And that really became my process of writing these three stories, this one specifically. That's so interesting. And I think Hudson's going to be super excited to hear that. But I also think that that's a really good strategy because you're kind of letting your brain think on different terms. And then, like you said, it kind of unlocks ideas that you might not have right. come to otherwise because you're letting your brain think about this other genre this other story these other characters when you know almost subconsciously you'll be thinking about your your other story too and then things will just pop up yeah. and that happens all the time and so first of all thank you for for participating in some yeah. stories and, and writing a couple of stories it, based on those topics it's been so much fun honestly especially because you submitted jelly toast I did. Yes, we should. That we was, should give that you that honor. shout out. That was a real honor um, to be to be featured. Yeah. So thank you for submitting that. Either way, and now you're coming full circle. I know. Uh, right? Being on the show, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's a really a really cool way to go about it because 
the, I, the one thing that I'm excited about for every episode is to find out like kind of how everybody works so yeah. that I can just steal ideas because I'm a je- jealous and selfish person <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but I think that's that, like that's kind of the the fun part about the podcast that I'm running right. into as well is that yeah. I always kind of have like three or four different topics to be working on at any given moment. Yep. And so I can kind of just switch back and forth between them, which is really fun because yeah. I, I don't want them to all sound the same. And so switching between different kind of voices, different genres, different perspectives right. is, is really enjoyable. And it kind of lets you just be thinking about stuff all the time. Yeah. Sort of uh, let you rest the other, the other part while it sort of marinates, I guess. Totally, because you get sick of looking at it eventually, and yeah. you're like, "Do I hate this? Is this good?" And then you start another idea, and you're like, "You come back to it, and you're like, oh, that is cool. That is unique. Yeah. That is weird.' Um, like Dream Pirates. Dream Pirates is such a, Dream Pirates. a, a such a cool concept just on its own. Uh, Honestly, I want to submit it as a topic now. <laughs> Honestly, do it because you could come up with a lot of stories yeah, about Dream Pirates. Definitely. Next time I, I reach out for topics, submit that for sure, I will, and I will add I will. it to the to the pool um, of. of all the other great topics that have been submitted as well. I I do want to give a shout out to a couple different just images because with, with a dream story, especially one like this, Mm -hmm. I think it requires a little bit of weirdness in it. And you have a lot of those images in it, which are really, really interesting. Like (laughs) the bacon skis. Yeah. was great. I know you love bacon. Love bacon. Um, And just the, just the, I guess, you know, vegans, vegetarians. Yeah. They don't like bacon. Probably a fair amount of people (laughs) don't love bacon. Either no way, judgment if you don't love great, great, like <laughs> weird bit of surreal, fun storytelling. Um, the the name Buttloaf, hilarious. Thank you. Always was, funny. Every time you said it while reading, I tried not to laugh. Yeah, because was, it's just great. Honestly, I was like, I don't know if this is gonna be funny or just like, I I tried to just embrace embrace the just insane nature of dreams sometimes with yeah. this story, not just with the dream stuff in the world. Your uh, the name I have given you, <laughs> so I call you Crust, right? Yes. It's just like the the name. My nickname. My me. nickname from Seth is Crust. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to share that on the podcast. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. okay. So, so you're the like, only one that calls me that. Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> the Luke inti- does. Your brother also then, calls yeah. me that as well. Again, the hive mind thing just, is strong. Right. <laughs> so Crust, I was like. It was almost like a dumb, tacky homage. I was like, oh, we're doing this for Colby's podcast. Crust, I was like, I kind of just thought of bread, and I was like, that's a funny correlation. And then I was just going through the name. I was like, Buttloaf is ridiculous. It's so funny. <laughs> um, which I literally say in there because of how ridiculous I thought it was. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. I think bread is a funny name. I think Buttloaf is, a, is an even better kind of addition to that as well. Um, what I kind of... Looking back at your story now, the way that I almost picture it visually is like um, like an Adult Swim cartoon. Oh, okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of like really weird, like wavy animation style. Right. Um, I don't, I can't think of what, like something in specifically, but just the tone yeah. of that feels very much like something I'd be watching on TV at like 1 a.m. Yeah. yeah. And just being like, this is awesome. This is super weird. And then probably have weird dreams about it that night. Right. And which is great. Like that, that kind of imagery is super fun because a lot like a lot of dream stories, uh, they tend to get like a little bit, you know, more dour. Mm-hmm. Mine, mine included. I'm just a spoiler <laughs> alert. But like the other side of dreams is the fun side of like yeah. the wacky wildness, yeah. which which you do a really good job of kind of capturing as well. Um, would you would you ever come back to this world or this story for like either, you know, uh, yeah. like expanding on this one or just writing a different story in, in that way? Like, what, did you have that much of a, did you enjoy it that much? 
Honestly, I, so a couple things sort of, yes. And to and short answer, yes, because uh, a couple things sort of inspired my approach to this. One, D&D, obviously, sort of creating worlds or kind of having places sort of on the sidelines that like the astral playground was something I pictured as like a lot of kids dreams take place in the astral playground. Like it's just kind of having almost like these worlds of um, uh, just like around almost like a, a Disney theme park, right? Or like Epcot where you have all the different stations of like, like the mountains mentioned in, in here with all the, you know, any sort of dream that takes place on a mountain takes place in this area. I like that concept so much. Like that's such a cool, cool way to think about shared consciousness in that way. Because like people are like interacting with the same setting in the astral plane, having the same dream. Like that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I I thought, I, I think the, the, the DM side of me kind of brought that. And then the other side was, uh, as you know, both of us are, are big Brandon Sanderson's fans. Um, he does a ton of world building, but I, I recently listened to a short story of his, uh, like collection, and it just like the, you know, it's like a two hour. I listen to a lot of a lot of audiobooks rather than read, so pardon not speaking in in word count or page count, I guess. Uh, but it's like a two hour audiobook, right? Nice. And there's all these sort of things in the sideline that you're curious about the world and and different elements of like the culture or just um you know all these just nuggets that he places in this short story this two-hour story that i'm just like i want to know more so that was kind of the other thought was like oh this is kind of a fun idea let me just allude to that or you know sort of reference it and yeah leave it open yeah i think i think you did a great job you didn't you didn't answer my question though if you wanted to come back to it though Oh yes, yes, yes. That, um, I guess, in a roundabout way, I was, I was using those two kind of s- to to say yes, like the the bigger world of it. I would love to come back to um, explore those elements. I mean, there's literally endless, like endless options yes. <laughs> in a in yeah. a world like that, which is exciting. I, I I could see you at some point down the road writing or or planning a D and D game in this world. Yeah, like I could see that happening. Be a lot and of fun. I would like to be first on the list of. Players. Of course, <laughs> like that would be if you could do me a, a solid. I would love that. Crust, you know, you are always first on the list of players. I'm honored. I'm so honored. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm excited to get to, to get to my story, not because I'm selfish, although I am selfish. Um, I am a, because I am too, honestly. it is very different. Like yeah, I okay. went a different route, and I don't know if I've fully come around to if I like it or not yet. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but That's fair. But I think I think I might. <laughs> I think I might. I think I might. Uh, well, at the very least, a whole host of different stories out there. Somebody is going to like this story, even if you don't. That's that is that is what I hope. That, yeah. is, that is definitely definitely what I hope. Maybe I'll be one of them. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe we'll see. Though I, I I I this one I wrote a little bit shorter. Like it didn't have as much of a timeline for it. Cool. Um, and so. I kind of stuck with one idea and we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll save this up for the discussion, but yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and read mine. Um, okay. I don't have a title for it, um, which is like so far about half my stories have had titles. Uh, it's not something I'm necessarily sticking with, but if I think of a good title, I will include it. Like I love yeah. yours, the Astral Sea one. Like that's, you got to include a good title if you think of it. 
I know for sure, but I don't want to force one either. Yeah, you know, I don't want to have just a bad title either. That I completely understand. For some reason, for me, like having a title makes it official to me or something. It's like I just have to throw a title on there for sure. I think I've written so many of these tiny, tiny stories that it's too much work sometimes to try to force a title in there. For sure, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely include some good ones down the road. But this one just just astral projection, untitled for this one, untitled (sighs) slash astral projection. Rough take, <laughs> number one. <laughs> Beautiful title. <laughs> yes, it really flows off the tongue. Um, okay, I will read mine, and then we'll discuss. Somehow, Liv was the only one who heard it. The murmuring. It came from Jordy Shaw, seemingly dead asleep with his head on the desk just a few feet from her. They were both back-of-the-class kind of students, so no eyes and ears on them, how she normally preferred it. Liv glanced around the classroom to see if anyone else caught the wordless mumbles, but not a single other student seemed to notice as Mrs. Franklin continued her lecture on the ever-exciting stock market. No wonder Geordie couldn't stay awake. Liv was beginning to nod off herself when the bell rang and woke her right up. Lunch followed Mrs. Franklin's class, so Liv beelined to her typical spot, the second-floor bathroom stall, away from all the chaos of the cafeteria. She enjoyed the isolation, not that she had any friends that would be missing her company. A few minutes into her meal that consisted of a cheese stick and cherry-flavored Pop-Tarts, a couple of chatty girls walked in during a conversation Liv wasn't trying to listen to, but couldn't help herself. No, no, I swear to God I'm not kidding, one said. I saw something. It was in the locker room when I ran back in to grab a hair tie for P.E. Yeah, but like, did you really? The other replied, chewing gum while she spoke. Aren't you still hungover from Saturday? Maybe that, I don't know, crossed some wires in your brain or something? There was a slight pause, during which Liv desperately tried not to crumple her wrappers and draw attention to herself. Oh, whatever, you're the one microdosing mushrooms in 11th grade, Becca, the first one said. I'm telling you, I saw a freaking ghost. And to make things even scarier, I'm pretty sure it saw me too. They argued for another minute before exiting, leaving Liv alone. Yet again. Great, she thought, now this stupid school is haunted. Liv's next class was math, the absolute bane of her short existence. As always, she sat in the back of the class, as far as possible from both the lecture and the other students. Normally, the mumbling weirdo from this morning, Geordie Shaw, would be back there with her, despite them never speaking more than three words to one another. Birds of a feather, I guess, she thought. But he was nowhere to be found when class started. Ten minutes later, Geordie shambled into the classroom with bloodshot eyes hidden under the hood of his oversized black sweatshirt. He took his usual residence next to Liv in the far corner, and she noticed just how noxious Geordie seemed to smell. Weak old body odor mixed in with the smell of something Liv couldn't quite place. She watched him, assuming he'd just conk out again like this morning in economics. Shockingly, Liv saw Geordie peer on the class, then pull up the sleeve of his hoodie to reveal blotches of crimson splattered across his arm. That was what Liv had smelled, the coppery scent of blood. In his other hand seemed to be some sort of exacto knife that Liv recognized from the art room. Disgusted, but also morbidly curious, Liv looked closer and saw that it wasn't just blotches, but rather intricate designs carved into his forearm, fresh from the looks of it. As she watched, transfixed, Geordie suddenly noticed Liv's prying eyes and yanked his sleeve back down, grabbing his backpack and stumbling towards the door, ignoring sweet old Mr. Reeves' protests in the middle of his lecture. Geordie was gone in a split second, and Liv completely without any semblance of thought, followed him. She could hear Mr. Reeves' depressed sigh as he continued his attempt at shaping these young minds. In the hallway, Geordie peeked back to see Liv and started running. 
Hey, she yelled, running after him, second-guessing herself more with every step down the empty hallway. Jordy didn't stop, instead slinging his backpack around his shoulder and sprinting for the front door. In the process, Liv noticed a small notebook fall out of his hoodie pocket. Realizing that she wouldn't be able to catch the long-legged misfit, she reached for the beat-up notebook. Before Jordy made it to the door, he turned to see Liv holding the object he'd lost. With a scowl, he pulled his hood back over his head and exited. The rest of the day finished in a haze as Liv sleepwalked through her final classes, scouring through what she quickly realized was Jordy's manifesto of sorts. There were words, certainly, but scrawled in a way that was barely legible, with clear bloodstains on every single page. Liv wasn't surprised that Jordy was nowhere to be found for the rest of the day, especially not after coming across his artwork. Drawings, sketches, whatever you wanted to call them, filled both the notebook and Liv's brain with disturbing images of what appeared to be their classmates, all girls, and all seemingly lacking clothes. Liv couldn't bring herself to browse anymore and threw the notebook in her backpack. A rotten nausea followed her until she got home off the bus. Not bothering to greet her mother, Liv sped to her bedroom and locked the door behind her. With a deep breath, her reading continued. She pushed past the horrible sketches and was surprised to find cut-up printouts from a website Liv didn't recognize. Thankfully, these pages included words not written in Jordy's illegible handwriting. Liv wasn't ready for this, she decided just then. Her overly conservative parents had always warned her of black magic and demonology and all those other made-up terms, but these images contained step-by-step instructions for... Liv almost couldn't believe it, but the instructions were a way to leave one's own body. They appeared painful, as if causing pain was a part of the process. There were intricate designs that seemed to match the ones Liv had gotten a glimpse of in class. Jordy's own body was his canvas for these detailed runes. The other factor Liv noticed among the instructions was the final puzzle piece in her head. Sleep. Oh shit, she whispered to herself in the dimly lit bedroom. Wait a minute, Liv said, the puzzle coming together as she remembered the eavesdropped conversation from those girls. Jordy is the school ghost, and he's a creep? Feeling a unique combination of pride at figuring this all out and terror at knowing that Jordy sat right next to her in class, Liv slept terribly that night, tossing and turning. The thing she didn't notice, couldn't have noticed, was Jordy himself, or at least a part of himself, standing in the corner of her bedroom, watching. The end. So yeah, pretty different, right? Yeah, a little different. Just slightly different tones. A little creepier, maybe? Just maybe. Like, there might be a little bit of creepy in there. A little bit of darkness kind of sprinkled in. Yeah, just sprinkled in. I wanted it to be subtle. You know, carving (laughs) runes into your body. Yeah. This was... Similarities, though, too. Like what? Um... I don't know. I was trying to think. That's what I thought. I don't think there's any similarities, actually, which is honestly, that's what I want in this podcast. I like the idea of us having completely different stories. And um, I I realized in in writing this one that I hadn't really gone like with horror at all. Yeah. And I love horror stories. Right. And so with this, I definitely kind of, and I love school stories. Yeah. There's something about them. Like they're just fun and writing, like writing students. That's, those were the two highlights I picked up. Uh, kind of just knowing you and and recognizing sort of your your interest there with a horror element, which yeah we haven't heard on the on the old s'more stories yet. Campfire stories, great campfire story. Yes, for Very sure. Thematic. Yeah, I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was just like the school element, because like I mean you 
pretty much practically grew up in school, I feel, probably. My mom worked at, worked at the school that we both went to yep. in high school. Uh, I worked at uh, college. I worked at a high school. And so I've been around a lot of yeah, students in my life. But I've always, I think I've always just enjoyed like stories set in a school. Yeah. And so uh, with this one, it was almost like a love letter to the weird kid in my class in elementary school. Right. Whose name was Jordan Shaw. Oh, and yeah, he was to Jordan. Hope you're listening. He's I haven't spoken to him since second grade. Oh, wow. Um, and he wasn't like obviously Jordy Shaw in the story was a dangerous, like weirdo right. pervert. Uh, Jordan Shaw was not that. as far as I know, <laughs> yeah. a weird, creepy pervert. Um, but he was uh, one of those weird kids that you know, in a kid as a child that like wasn't uh, didn't have a lot of friends, not because he was weird, because he was mean. Like there, he was one of those weird kids that wasn't just shy. He was just a mean kid yeah. who also happened to only speak in Donald Duck voice. Uh, oh, that was like wow. his thing. Yeah. And, uh, and so part of, part of the story was like, what if, what if he learned how to astral project? <laughs> like, what if that, what if that like weird kid who, you know, always sits in the back of the class, um, you know, discovered black magic or something right? Uh, through like some, you know. What would he use it to do? Immediately would go into the girls' locker room and, and try to look at naked girls. Like right. that feels that feels very realistic. Jordy. Um, and and you yeah, know Jordy. and I don't want to, to, to cast, you know, uh, aspersions onto the weird kids in school because I respect yeah. the weird kids in school. I was definitely I was gonna say I, I saw some not similarities between myself and Jordy, but definitely a bit of relation. I wasn't really the quiet one in the back but i was definitely a weird kid sure for sure yes. you know that well <laughs> i do know that from experience yeah. me and seth were not friends in high school but we knew each other we did in high school um and then became uh, very very close friends in uh, in in college and, college and post but but yeah like i think i love i love that weird kids exist in school i think yeah. it's an important part of like the ecosystem of it's important role yeah of, of of the school and and uh you know I like to think that I'm a weird kid at heart, but like I, I wasn't a Jordy Shaw in high school. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, I think it's uh, fun to write from those sports. perspectives. I did play a lot of sports, sports star. Um, I had, I did have friends. I had many friends. Yeah. Um, I did sit in the back of the classroom because I hated school yeah. also. So I do relate to that. But um, yeah, I think, I think I wanted to kind of tell, tell a horror story that fit together. That wasn't just like a, just a, a moment of horror. I wanted to kind mm -hmm. of have some connections there. And so, um, like letting the, the girls in the bathroom kind of do some of the explanation for me was right. fun. And then getting to make a joke about microdosing mushrooms in 11th grade was funny to me. <laughs> um, just cause I like to, I like to try to put a joke in there if I can right. somewhere. And again, the story was pretty dark. So sprinkles, I wanted to, to at least if, if there was going to be a joke, I was like, I need to put something in there uh, as well. But, um, but yeah, it was fun. I, I like I the fun part about this project, uh, s'more stories, is just trying different genres. And with astral projection, I kind of figured that you were going to do something a little bit more fantastical. Yes, because that's how your brain works. Fantasy um, all and, the way. And so for me, it was like, okay, I want to try to do something that I haven't yeah. done before. Yeah. Um, so far on this podcast, something more grounded. A little bit, yeah. I mean, still supernatural, but. A, yeah, a little bit more so, grounded from yeah. a supernatural perspective as well. Like this is a story that I think uh, could have been a lot longer. Like I, I could probably expand this um, yeah. into like a, a proper short story right. and not necessarily just a flash fiction. Yeah, I, I feel like it would do well getting more layers to, you know, seeing Jordy and Liv and, and sort of getting 
the uh, atmosphere of the school and that kind of stuff. I, I could definitely see that expanding on that. Definitely. And I may, I may at some point go back, but um, the, we looked at our word counts and neither of us were under a thousand words, which is never, never a bad thing. But mine was exactly 1,111 words. <laughs> and that feels like a cool omen. Yeah. So uh, I, I might just, I might just stick with it as it is. Um, For but, sure. But you know, it's, it's a fun story and I, I enjoyed it. And I love, I love how different our tones uh, were because that's, that's so interesting to come at the same topic from yes. two completely different uh, perspectives. But yeah, I think, even I think with all the, you've said this with Evan, you know, all the similarities the two of you have, even with the similarities we have, you know, there's, there's certainly vast differences as well and different perspectives. And kind we, of, we definitely draw inspiration from very different things. Yeah. Even though we like a lot of the same things and right. we consume a lot of the same stuff. I think creatively we pull from, from very different sources. Mm-hmm. Like, like I love horror movies. Like I've I've watched, I mean, listen to the Cellar Dwellers. Yes. We've watched many many horror movies in my life, and and you do not enjoy horror movies. Not big. I don't hate them, but I don't actively seek them out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so you know, I think I think, and you obviously play a lot of D anD D, and you are in that world a yeah. lot, and so it's easier for you to kind of draw from the fantastical elements, right? Um, a little bit definitely more. more of a comfort, comfortable space. So to write in, which, I mean, I think that's, I thought about sort of throwing that to the wind and writing in a, a space that I was less comfortable in, you know, because it's good to sort of challenge yourself and push yourself. And, and you know, I, th- I feel like, you know, you've done a good job of that in with, uh, you know, your story so far and, you know, just past writings that I've, I've read of yours, sort of being broad with it and kind of pushing yourself. But I was like, I haven't written in so long. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna just keep it in the safe zone. <laughs> yeah, in your in your comfort zone, and that's yeah. there's nothing wrong with that for sure. Because you, I mean, while you did kind of go with fantasy in your story, you still pushed yourself and did something completely different than anything you've done before. Right. And so you still gave yourself that challenge, um, and you know, pushed yourself a little bit more too, because it wasn't just like a medieval fantasy Medi- right. setting. Yeah, you know? dragons it was and like magic and the astral yeah. plane, which is a crazy concept yeah. to, to include a story in. And so, yeah, I think, I think you pushed yourself a lot. I was also, I didn't want, I thought it would be a better story if I was writing from somewhere I was comfortable in. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's how I always feel where it's know. like, like, do I want to write like a comedy? But it's like, am I actually funny? Yeah. <laughs> like that, that is like the ultimate question. And yeah. so eventually you just have to be like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Right. And I think that's the ultimate secret that I can tell anybody is just like, try it and see, try it, see what happens. I'm definitely like excited to, to hear some more horror stories from you, um, in this, you know, in this podcast and in, in this realm of short stories, um, and the, the idea of sort of the campfire story and that kind of stuff. It's, yeah, it's definitely something I will not, I will not like stop writing. Cause I love, sure. I love little thrillers, like little stories that, that, you know, can can give you a little bit of feeling like a visceral feeling yeah um i think those are always really fun and if you can if you can achieve that in like a thousand words or or around that it's always going to be impressive i'm always going to enjoy that kind of story too so and and when i say visceral that doesn't necessarily just mean horror that can mean comedy it can mean like just making you feel something sadness um and and those are those those are the kind of things that i want to kind of discover in these stories not only for myself but from from the guests uh as well because you know that's what stories are all about is is making so- the reader feel something whether that's 
horror or yeah. love or happiness, just anything. Yeah. Or just escapism. Or just pure escapism, <laughs> just which is kidding. just as important. Yeah, yeah like it, it, escaping the very shitty real world that we all live in currently. Like that's that's why stories are always going to be important because yep. you always need that kind of escapism. And so, um, you know, yeah, hopefully if anybody's listening, like, and you want to do what Seth did and, and write some stories based on these topics, send them to me. I mentioned this in Hudson's episode. Yeah. Send them to my email. It is smorestoriespod at gmail.com. Maybe it might be smorestoriespodcast at gmail.com. I'll double check It'll that. It'll be in the comments. I'll double check that. Yeah, for the, sure. The body of the of the episode it will what be is that called? the notes <laughs> the notes thank it'll, you <laughs> it, it'll be in the notes of the episode but I, and i'm not kidding when i say that like send me a story that you've written i would love to read it i'm always open to that and of course that extends to you as well of seth course. um if you happen to write something or just have an idea for dnd i'm always a, a good sounding board good for sound. that yeah um but yeah i think i think it's a good way to kind of you know button up astral projection i yeah. feel like those those are both very fun stories in very different ways yeah um and and i'm grateful for the topic i think it's a really fun topic to pick um, it was cool definitely it was a lot of fun to to explore and so what i the next segment which i need to have a, a good name for this segment you almost need like a like a little like musical transition like, transition yeah sort of like doo-doo. maybe not no i definitely would like to have some as a, a name would help at the very least yeah well i'm calling it story spotlights Stories. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so for every episode, we like to just highlight some stories that are we've been consuming that we think would be a good recommendation for for somebody. And so, yeah, I'll, for this episode, I'll call it a story spotlight. Uh, that might change next episode. I make no promises. Again, this is my podcast, and you don't get to make the rules here. Okay, not you, Seth. Not any, not anybody. <laughs> um, but uh, but do you have anything uh, that you've been enjoying lately? I have many things I've been enjoying lately. <laughs> Me too. Um, it's overwhelming. Yeah, it is. Um, specifically, let's see. I kind of, I mean, I knew this would be a part of the segment, kind of moving in. So I was trying to sort of think of it ahead of time. Um, and now I'm panicking. Would you like me to go? <laughs> no, no. I actually, I actually do have one that I, I, I feel like I keep bringing it back to my story. Like I'm like, oh, let's talk about me more. But you are the uh, guest on this episode. Yes, we <laughs> want to talk about you, Seth. <laughs> Whatever. So, <laughs> uh, I I will shout out one um, uh, book that I read recently or listened to that had a subtle impact on my story is uh, Kaiju the, the Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. It's um, very fun. That title so alone that, is awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And you've suggested John Scalzi Scalzi for me before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As well. More sci-fi um, sort of leaning. Or, yes, definitely sci-fi, not even leaning, just in that world. Um, but this was sort of like a one-off book that he wrote during quarantine um, that he sort of just had this idea sort of unlock and, you know, spilled it out on the pages. And after listening to it, uh, I, I was was curious if he was, you know, planning to write a sequel or, or have a follow-up or anything like that. So I was just searching it a bit. And he... Oh, blogs a lot. He posts a lot of, um, or he writes a lot on the internet. So I was reading through this, this blog post about it. And, you know, he said, you know, something like, let's talk about the, the main character or like what I did with the main character. And I was like, what is he talking about? Um, because, uh, Will Wheaton read the, the audiobook. Mm-hmm. And so I, I go further. That was kind of like the headline of this section. And he, he was talking about how, the entire book, the character is just 
completely gender neutral. Like not, he doesn't specify gender in any way. Interesting. And he kind of writes about, you know, kind of, I guess, sort of analyzing what you, what your assumptions are. And like, like I think having Will Wheaton read the book definitely leaned into my assumptions, but I, I don't know that I would have, you know, I was just like, Oh, this is his name's Jamie or their name's Jamie. Mm -hmm. Um, the main character. And so it's like, I just assumed he was a dude, uh, you know, yeah. with like, he, he lifts things as like his line or <laughs> I, I keep falling into that assumption. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting. So I kind of approached this. I was like, okay, I'm going to write bread and I don't, uh, obviously I'm reading it. So I'm having that same sort of effect that, you know, hearing a, a, a guy's dude's voice sort of read the story. You make assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I went into it sort of writing bread as sort of whatever sort of uh, gender. Whatever, whatever you latch onto. Yeah. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's just kind of your, it's the reader's intuition is what they, right. what they are taking from that, which is a really interesting way That's to do that. Way. And I didn't even pick up on that while you're reading, but yeah, I definitely assumed yeah. That it was a guy for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think that's really cool to, to hear from John, John Scalzi. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in reading that story now too. Yeah. I definitely like, I'm sure other writers have done it right. Where they just kind of leave pronouns out. But I was, it was the first instance where I like was confronted with it, but like where it was, Oh, I was like, Oh, this is like intentional and, I don't know. It's interesting to think about sort of what sort of my expectations and sort of just assumptions were and kind of analyze that a bit more. I don't know. It's kind of very interesting. So for sure. Also a great book. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun, a very fun book. This the title alone is like, sounds like a fun story, like a yeah. fun ride to, to hop on. So I'll definitely be checking that one out for sure. Um, my, my story spotlight for, for this episode is a, a show that me and Brittany have started watching uh, recently that I think is, Probably from 2022. It's not still going currently, but it's uh, Severance on uh, Apple TV, which I know not everybody has Apple TV, and so I apologize for that if you don't have it. Wow. But it's a really cool story. It's We're only a couple of episodes in, but the concept is uh, a really, really interesting one that really drew me in quickly. It's, it's kind of an office story, which I'm currently working in an office, and so it probably hits me a little bit different um, than some people. But uh, it's about this this place where these people work and they have to undergo this process known as severance where every time they walk into the office they are their brains their memories are cut off from the outside world so they know nothing of themselves wow. in the outside world while they're inside this office and vice versa so yeah. when they're outside it's like a different personality that is in that world inside the office and so it's all about kind of how those start to bleed together and things go wrong. It's kind of a thriller, but it's also like an office comedy in some ways as well. Um, Adam Scott is the main guy from uh, Parks yep. and Rec. Really, really great, uh, really great actor. Uh, it's also directed by Ben Stiller. Very talented. And, and each episode is very distinct and it feels like there's some, some real talent behind it as well. Um, and so I cannot wait to keep watching it. It has come highly recommended from other people as well. And so it took us a while to, to get around to it. But now I want to continue that recommendation to other people as well because it's a really, a really, really interesting concept and story so far. Um, I don't even know if there's going to be a second season. I haven't gotten that far yet, and I don't want to know yet. But um, definitely, definitely would would highly recommend it if you have access to Apple TV. Um, so yeah, two two good stories to check out. Sounding very yeah. different as well. I'll uh, definitely check that out. 
I have never heard of it. So check it out for yeah. sure. I think you, you and Lizzie would probably really enjoy it. Yeah, um, cool. And then the last thing we, we need to do is, is let people know where they can, they can find your stuff because what mm. I didn't mention and what I should have mentioned in the immediate intro is that you are not only a dungeon master, you are a professional dungeon master. People pay you. Yes. To DM games for them. They do pay me to DM. You have a business card. <laughs> That's, I, I do the ultimate yeah. proof and ultimate evidence of being a professional. It is more uh, inspiration of being writing what I'm comfortable. Dream Pirates for hire. <laughs> there we go. Yes. And navigating that world. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I'm. I mean, I really just have a website, SethMcKay.com. M-C-K-A-Y. Um, we'll put the link in the notes, of course. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of all on there. I I really have have just. DM'd locally to the Atlanta surrounding area. You, but, ha- you have DM'd virtually for me and many other people yes. many times as well. Um, yes. I, I guess as far as the hiring side, I've really only done it locally, but I'm totally open to... to I know we uh, have some virtual. listeners just you know all over the place. Some happen some, to be in different continents yes, as well. Yep. Seth will DM for you. They're out there. He'll do it. I Hey, whatever your time zone, I will wake up at 3 p.m. <laughs> Hey, mo- money is money. Business is business. Yeah. Uh, and Seth is the best DM I know. So, so you're, you're, you're going to get a, a good story out of it either way. Um, what you should do at some point, and this obviously won't be for this episode, but you should record a commercial Ooh, definitely. for me to play. So then that gives me an ad. I and obviously I'm not going to, not making any money off of that, but <laughs> it makes it sound more professional. Hey, I'll run a free D and D game for you. How about all of the do D&D trade. games you run for me are free. A little bartering here. <laughs> hey, listen, yeah, hey, we'll trade. I like that. I like a bartering system. I won't charge you. <laughs> uh, much appreciated for sure. But but yeah, yes, I, 100%. Like if you if you haven't played D&D, Seth has managed many games of people who have never played before. So yeah. he, he really does know how to ease people into the world. You don't have to stress out about like worrying about numbers and your character sheets and all the things that kind of intimidate people from, from and keep them from playing. For sure. Um, yeah. You don't have to worry about it. The DM is doing the, the heavy lifting in that way. And Yeah. Um, I love introducing the game to new people and kind of teaching it. It's, there's not like, it's not like a class that you have to have to be taught, but uh, just introducing it and, and, you know, kind of, going through a story with people it's it's always fun to kind of see how every everyone reacts differently and kind of plays differently so and there's no wrong way to play it like yeah, the, well the only sure. wrong way to play it is just being an asshole yeah just don't be nice yeah. and have a good time and that is the ultimate way to have fun playing yep. dnd because it's just, it's just like you said it's a it's a community story yeah played among friends and and like they, it doesn't get much more or fun random than that. people on the internet or random people you can do that <laughs> as well sure. you can find a community that's what's great about the yeah. internet you can find a community anywhere um, playing in person is definitely preferred because it's just more fun that way but you can do it yeah and you can have a, yeah. an equally great time um, playing virtually as well like we, during the quarantine we couldn't play in person but we played for almost an entire year virtually yep. and had a great really great session every time and it was awesome and so so definitely go hire Seth. He'll, he'll hey. give you give you some good some good tips to help you enjoy D and D, and then of course you'll you like us will be obsessed. Yes, and want to keep playing and start your own groups with your Welcome. friends. You'll want to start DMing as well. That's what happened to me, and um, and then you get to just tell your own stories, and that's the fun part about being a DM is that you're just telling a story and making people play it. Yeah, like that's literally how it is. Yeah, this is the bad guy. You have to fight them. Yeah.
yeah, and then you can throw in whatever genres you want. Like that, there's so much freedom freedom in that storytelling process. And so what what, what I'm hopeful for is um, now that you have kind of broken the the barrier of DMs on s'more stories, mm, let's get some more yes. DMs on here. Give yeah. me give me some people who who maybe have just DM'd recently for the first right. time, and let's see what they have. You know, because it is such a specific medium of storytelling that I'm yeah. so curious about like how other people do it as well. Right. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully this will be, you know, a good, a good barrier of entry, a low barrier of entry for, for somebody who'd be interested in something like this for sure. Yeah. Any, any, any final thoughts, any, any last things you want to mention, whether it's about astral projection, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, voice work, uh, anything else that you want to, uh, final thoughts. I, I, all my thoughts are gone. You've done them. I'm done. You've thought the thoughts. The thoughts are done. Yes. Well, I think that's great. This has been a a nice long episode. Um, I I am so excited that you were here. Love your story. uh, Extended Uh, story length there. uh, You're welcome for the extended story. Yeah. First of all, I guess I should say that. Uh, Yeah. We, we don't apologize on this podcast. That's right. No, No sorry. No criticizing or apologizing. No, we don't give notes on this podcast, but uh, I'm, I'm so appreciative that you were here. Love hearing your stories. Love hearing about how your your process works. Um, and hopefully you'll be back at some point. I would love for you to be back on the on the podcast. I would at be some thrilled point. to. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was a ton of fun. Very very fun. And feel free to continue writing along with the with the the stories and the topics. I I, I will collect them. And then what I would love to do down the road um, is have a specific like mailbag episode where yeah. I read out loud people's stories that send me right um, so that we can give shout outs to the people that that are participating and, and having a good time and writing their own stories and so you have started the trend i've started it which is very very exciting i've got two stories to send you perfect i finished them today oh but, that's, that's so exciting well i wanted to have them all three done <laughs> when i got here because finishing something feels great right <laughs> yeah, it, it was feels awesome. so good i Literally, I guess, let me just share this for people, you know, writing stories, you know, you beat yourself up or you you feel bad about it. I finished this story and was like giggling to myself because I was thrilled with it. So there's there's a lot of, lot of joy, a lot of uh, sort of fulfillment comes out of it too. And you feel, you feel productive. Yeah. You, like you told the story and it's your story and now it's, you can do whatever you want with it. You can submit it to somewhere. You can expand it. You can keep it what it is, and and you have something, which I think is the best part about about these s'more stories, because you know it's like, what's your story? Yeah. Now you have three of them. Yep. When I only ask for one. <laughs> yeah. Which I like. I am an overachiever, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, thank you so so much, uh, Seth McKay, for for joining us. Uh, for all the listeners, give him money so he can give you a, a good uh, game of Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, and. Thanks for listening, and stay toasty out there, marshmallows. Oh, that was good. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna isolate that and <laughs> just have that in every episode. Thank you so much, Seth. Uh, bye, guys. Toodles.